Greetings. This is Jim McCarty, welcoming you to the LL Research Podcast in the Now, episode number 77. LL Research is a nonprofit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community. And toward this end has two websites the archive website, llresearch.org, and the community website, bringforth.org. During each episode, we respond to questions sent to LNL Research from spiritual seekers like you. Our panel consists of Gary Bean, Austin Bridges, and me, each of us a devoted student of the Law of One. Your questions allow us to explore the Law of One and related matters of metaphysical interest. We hope only to offer a resource that enhances your own seeking process. Please know that our replies are not the final word on these subjects. We ask each who listens to exercise discernment be sensitive to inner resonances in determining what is true for them. If you would like to submit a question for the show, please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. You may either send an email to contact at llresearch.org or go to llresearch.org forward slash podcast for further instructions. Again, I'm Jim McCarty, and we are embarking on a new episode of LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. Here in Austin, are you ready to go? I think that I am. Gary might be muted. Ooh, I was. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I said I am indeed ready to go. But you weren't ready. <laughs> but I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> now, our topic this week is forgiveness. Uh, it's a topic and a concept that's been around for, I guess, about as long as people have been around in this third density illusion. Uh, I discovered it first in the Bible, Mark 11, uh, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And again in Matthew, Jesus says that church members should forgive each other 70 times 7 times, a number that symbolizes boundlessness. In other words, don't ever stop forgiving. Ross says that forgiveness stops the wheel of karma. They said specifically, our understanding of karma is that which may be called inertia. Those actions which are put into motion will continue using the ways of balancing until such time as the controlling or higher principle, which you may liken unto your breaking or stopping, is invoked. This stopping of the inertia of action may be called forgiveness. These two concepts are inseparable. So that uh, struck me very interesting that forgiveness had the possibility of superseding or being more potent in our evolutionary process than the balancing process, which is the basic process Ross suggests. So my first question to you guys is, what is forgiveness? How would you define it? Uh, Austin, how about we start with you? That's uh, a difficult question. Forgiveness is one of those things that we just sort of have this concept for in our heads, but we never really like think to put it into words what it exactly it means. So the concept that I kind of came up with was that um, forgiveness is sort of like a uh, dynamic version of love, where uh, love isn't necessarily dynamic itself. It's sort of ever-present, always there always um, accessible, but forgiveness is sort of like applying that love in a situation where you weren't previously realizing it. And so it seems to me like we put like all these labels on love to sort of contextualize them in our illusion. And so forgiveness is sort of like 
um, the the manifestation of love within the illusion. I guess specifically when we feel like there has been some sort of wrongness that has happened, uh, some sort of distortion that we previously could not find love for. Um, so uh, that's my short answer for what is forgiveness. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about, but that's my short answer. Okay. Uh, Gary, how about you? What is forgiveness in your frame of reference? The forgiveness is one of the most, or rather is, yeah, one of the, the deepest, most intimate and, and complex parts of the human experience, I think. And like our last discussion we had a couple of weeks ago about truth, I don't feel I'm going to speak to it really adequately, especially as, especially as it's one I'm... Um, that's very important to my own path and one that I don't feel I have completely successfully grasped. Of course, it's true with all of us on our paths, but especially so with this lesson with me. Um, but what is forgiveness? I, I think it's um, a primary and significant and necessary key aspect of evolution on the positive path that moves one away from separation. I think that's one way to boil it down. It's a, it is each act of forgiveness is a movement away from separation or the illusion. That which asks for forgiveness or is balanced by forgiveness is some unloving action towards self or other self or both, or a misunderstanding of an action that wasn't unloving but is perceived to be unloving. But where there is actual unloving action, that unlovingness distorts and misapprehends the presence of the Creator. So to be loving is to be forgiving. And like Austin, where in the direction that Austin was, was headed, I was examining the distinction, if any, between love and forgiveness. And it seems to be that forgiveness is that form of love that rectifies uh, where there was injustice or wrongdoing, crime, slight, offense, disharmony, etc. Uh, forgiveness addresses those situations and reopens the pathways to love and the creator in the moment. And Ra also links some um, understanding with forgiveness too. And I think that has to do with the fact that in 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 true forgiveness there is some kind of understanding for the imbalanced choices that the self or the other self had made even if those imbalanced choices are just misperceptions and not actions per se um, because in that understanding we understand um, that the unloving choices of self or other arose out of some distortion of love in the first place we understand how our own negative behavior uh, may have been formed in the totality of our experience or the others. Um, in other words, just as we do in fourth density, we can step into the other's shoes and understand compassionately why they thought the way they did or saw the way they saw or, or same with ourself. So I think what is forgiveness? There's understanding at least on that basic level, that what the other self did was a result of the totality of their own experience. And I think what is forgiveness? Um, the, the word that most comes to my mind is release and letting go. It's letting go of 
the desire for punishment or retribution or just some kind of distance or letting go of the walls. And, um, yeah, and I, th I think it's an act of true seeing, too. And this is my final thought. I think we move closer to true sight when we forgive uh, because for similar reasons that uh, Jesus is reported to have given on the cross when he said about his crucifiers, forgive them for they know not what they do. So in, in that forgiveness, again, linked to understanding, you're forgiving because you understand that each is operating from a limited point of view. Each doesn't know what they're doing in one sense. And if they could see, if the veil was lifted, then they wouldn't have acted that way. But they are acting that way in a context, in conditions. Um, prior to the advent of the veil, everybody was loving to everybody. There was no possibility to be something other than loving, from what I understand. And then the creator or the logos changed the rules of the game, changed the reality, created this hard illusion of separation and shadow. And we're all in the dark. And in the dark, we make these missteps and we hurt one another. So forgiveness sees this and loves no matter what and decides not to hold on to enmity or hatred or anger and so forth. But anyway, that's me. Back to you. Uh, great job, Gary. You put a lot of thought into that. Well, I guess my short answer for what is forgiveness would have to do with the uh, exchanging of love for anger, basically. Uh, I think that everything we do in this third density illusion has the purpose of moving us along the road towards opening our heart in unconditional love. And sometimes, as Ross said, a, a lot of our learning takes place in a traumatic type of a situation where these disharmonies that arise as a part of daily life between people because of, a, as you said, Gary, misunderstandings or carelessness or callousness or whatever might be the cause. Uh, this seems to be a normal way for us to mirror ourselves with each other and to each other and give us a clue as to another way of unblocking the heart and allowing that unconditional love to flow out. So I think that forgiveness is actually probably one of the quicker ways to progress for most people in this illusion because there are so many opportunities to do this and it brings to a head, I think, the reason why we're all here and that is to begin to learn to love each other. Um, like Jesus said, uh, the two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your spirit. And the second commandment is likened to the first, love your neighbor as yourself. So we're all trying to learn how to do that, whether we're Christian or not. It just seems to be something that is almost ingrained in the human psyche and soul, that there is a knowledge of the center of our being is formed from love. So when we come to a chance to make amends with another person in our illusion, it gives us a chance to consciously make that journey so we know that we want to get back into harmony. There's just something that says to us, I've got to do this. This is the thing to do. I did something that is incorrect, and I need to get back into harmony. And I think that it's usually... It's not always, but usually a situation where there is a combination of each person, if they're just too involved, has contributed to the disharmony. It's usually um, one 
misperception builds upon another and anger and retort and and uh, stalking off whatever. Uh, it's usually two people. So I think that's one of the reasons Ross said that in order to f- forgive completely, you have to also be able to forgive yourself because there's very likely two people involved in it. Not always. So that's my basic thought on that. Is there any final thoughts on our definition of forgiveness before we go on? Um, I had a one of the things that I was going towards in my answer was seeing forgiveness as sort of a litmus test for the open heart, I think. Um, in that it sort of tests how far we're actually willing to extend our love based on what sort of actions or behaviors or just general situations that we are able to forgive. So I do kind of see forgiveness as a way to gauge ourselves and a way to do it honestly. Of course, we can say to ourselves and to the world that we um, desire to forgive everything and that we do forgive everything. But if we honestly look inside and look at those things which we are or are not able to forgive or maybe wouldn't be able to forgive if they did happen more directly to us. I think a lot of times we can look at sort of abstract situations and say, oh yeah, just manifest love and forgiveness in that situation. But if it actually happened to us directly, would we be able to forgive that action? And I think that um, that is a test, uh, essentially, of how open our heart can be. And uh, in this reality, a very, very difficult test Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. (laughs) Good point. Uh, the phrase just came into my mind while you were saying that, uh, the litmus test, was uh, forgive and forget. Now, I'm thinking about the forget part. Um, sometimes we think we've forgiven, and yet we remember, and we hold it against somebody kind of subconsciously. Um, how does one really, I mean, I guess you would say if you have truly forgiven, then you will forget it. Do you think that's right, Austin? Yeah, I think in a certain sort of perspective, maybe not like literally forget, like it leaves your memory completely, but uh, forgetting in the sense that it's not sort of a relevant factor in how you interact with the person you have forgiven, how you feel about yourself. If it's a truly forgiven thing, then it's a distortion that I think will have fallen away as you have found the love in that moment, and the love has dissolved whatever uh, barriers may have been present. And so, like, you might still recall the memory if it's brought up in some way, but if you're Um, if it's coming up on its own and it's still sort of like a thorn in your side, or if it changes the way that you uh, interact with somebody, like maybe you feel like you've forgiven them, but you're not so willing to interact with them, or you're not so willing to um, share the same type of love with them that you were, and you sort of paid lip service to forgiveness, uh, then uh, yeah, I think that... um, forgiveness hasn't been achieved. So in that way, I think that you will forget in a sense if you have truly forgiven. Okay, Gary, any thoughts? Yeah, follow up to what Austin said. Um, Emotional charge was a word uh, that applies to what he was saying. And I think, yeah, if you have forgiven, then that situation in the past will no longer have an emotional charge. And final thought um, regarding the forget part, I think 
lack of forgiveness uh, bars your entry into the present moment, your full entry, some aspect of your experience of the present moment because you're keeping alive some stuck energy from the past. So the forget part may also be to let that past go, recede into the past and fully, as Austin was describing, experience the present moment. Okay, well, let's uh, move on to our second question here. It seems like some people have a real hesitancy or difficulty in asking for forgiveness sometimes. And I'm wondering, uh, Austin, do you have any idea about what could keep a person from wanting to ask for forgiveness or being able to ask for forgiveness? That seems to me like a uh, a self-judgment, the thing you brought up earlier and that Ross talks about in being the full stoppage of karma and full forgiveness involves both self and other self. I think that uh, the self is really at the root of forgiveness, and so that seems like a pretty primal barrier in being able to ask for forgiveness. Um and I guess this could be wrapped up in tons of different distortions and tons of different manifestations of those distortions. Um, if you feel like you uh, are, don't have the worthiness to be forgiven, or maybe you don't feel like you should be forgiven, um, different sorts of things. But essentially, I think if somebody um, is hesitant to ask for forgiveness because of unworthiness, then that would also be a barrier to them forgiving somebody else as well. Uh, looking through all the quotes of forgiveness, both in the raw material and in the uh, Kuo and other conscious channelings, there's a pretty consistent theme that forgiveness always begins with the self, and it's impossible to forgive outside of the self until... Uh, we forgive inside of the self. So that might be a very similar barrier to forgiveness itself. If we can't ask for forgiveness, we don't feel like we are worthy for forgiveness, which would also be a reason why we have trouble actually forgiving somebody else, but we just might be blind to that. That's a good point. None of this happens in a vacuum. We all have various distortions that can feed into something like asking for forgiveness. Uh, Gary, what do you think? Yeah, uh <clears throat> I agree. The words I had noted for myself were self-judgment and lack of self-worth, and uh, Austin covered those ideas really well. And I think I would just add that to the person who has difficulty asking for forgiveness, so in this situation, this is someone who has perceived him or herself to have done wrong, that, that wrongness may be, by um, our consensus reality's objective standards, quite wrong. I mean, say the person um, inadvertently or intentionally killed someone's family member, and that person um, lives with guilt for their action and doesn't understand how they could be worthy of even asking for forgiveness from the family of that person whose, whose life they took. And if I put myself in those sorts of shoes, like, I don't know how... Um, knowing that I caused other people such uh, un... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, irresolvable, seemingly, pain. How could I ask for forgiveness? How could I be worthy of that? So it, it connects to self-worth and self-judgment. And uh, also, again, back to that situation of 
not understanding, not having the view of the big picture, wherein you are an entity on a stage in an illusion where you make missteps and you hurt other people and they hurt you and that's part of the design and so forth. Okay, that's a, a good analysis, Gary. Uh, my thoughts are you know, along the same lines that you guys have just mentioned, uh, fear of rejection, of course. Uh, maybe they won't forgive me, so I don't know if I want to ask. Um, maybe you have difficulty, or I have in the past um, had difficulty admitting that I made a mistake and that it had to be pointed out to me. And then I could say, oh, well, hmm, I guess I did. Uh, what's the term nowadays? Uh, Facepalm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I better ask for forgiveness. Um, and then, of course, sometimes uh, people are still angry that maybe uh, friends or relatives suggest, well, you know, you, you really should ask for forgiveness because you, you hurt him or her. And he said, well, no, I didn't. And it, so it, sometimes it takes a while to, to figure it out. So uh, it's not an easy thing uh, with so much catalyst that we have to go through now. I'm sure that with this last uh, go-around in third density, we're all working the hardest we can to try to make harvest. Everybody's got a whole load of catalyst that they're working with, maybe a little bit too much, but uh, <laughs> we're carrying it along to the best of our ability. Okay, on the other side of that now, the question would be, why do people have trouble granting forgiveness? Austin, would you like to start us off there? Yeah, I'll start off with one of the quotes that I dug up, I think is very relevant. And just like the previous question, there's probably various perspectives and approaches to why somebody would not be able to grant forgiveness. But uh, Kuo said on um, June 23rd, 1990, it is an entire uh, channeling about forgiveness. And one of the quotes that stuck out to me was, um, when the work of forgiveness of self has been done to the point where you feel that maintenance is that which is necessary rather than complete concentration, then and only then turn to the attempt to forgive others. It is not selfish to do the work upon the self first. It is necessary. It is mandatory. You must bring your own personality and biases into balance. Else how can you be the house of the Father how can the light shine through you if you are lurching about, wasting the energy of love and the distortions of self-immolation? And so I think that this would be one of the primary reasons why it would be difficult for somebody to grant forgiveness is because the inner work hasn't been done yet. We haven't come into a proper configuration with ourselves and uh, found a certain balance from which that forgiveness can flow. I think um, it's, uh, like Kua was saying, it's a primary or a prerequisite to allowing the forgiveness to flow outward is to first find a way for it to um, come through you uh, to begin with. Okay, good job. Uh, how about you, Gary? What do you think uh, is the problem with people granting forgiveness if they have a trouble with it? Um, I think that a lot of people don't know how or don't even know that it's possible or don't know that it's desirable um, to forgive uh, beliefs um, about reality limit and shape our experience. And there, of course, may be any number of beliefs 
that make forgiveness difficult, if not impossible, for people. Uh, for instance, if our mental operating uh, software has in it beliefs of retribution and eye-for-eye mentality, then we'll see justice in a different light. Um, we'll sincerely believe that wrongs are righted by judgment and condemnation and, and punishment. Or if we have a, a belief about self-responsibility for our own creation that doesn't take responsibility um, or, or blames others for um, one's internal reality, then we'll see others as the cause of our pain and we'll operate from that pain. And forgiveness may not um, occur to us in that sort of situation that... Um, that that would be the healing mechanism of that pain. And instead, we'll, again, lash out or separate ourselves or do what we can to squash that pain um, and the other self. And I mean, you can see lack of forgiveness everywhere. <laughs> uh, and you can see its results. We are living in its results on planet Earth right now collectively. Um, I think, like, ultimately, the one of the key aspects, and I, I don't know if this is deeper than what Austin said, it may be right at that level or right in the same ballpark, but ultimately, I think what makes it difficult for people to grant forgiveness is that it erodes the separate self. Forgiveness, we may be attached to an identity that is a is if not a victim victims pretty strong if not that then just separate um armored and protected so to forgive is to let down those armors and the, uh, and those walls and um it's to die a little death too so it it challenges that separation and that can be very scary and i think that may be near the root of uh of forgiveness and um, quickly about why do people have trouble asking for forgiveness? I wanted to share that. Yeah, um, no, I don't want to share. I thought <laughs> I had a personal story. Um, yeah, I just I, I, a very very close nuclear family member did wrong to another family member, and. Um, separation resulted and that original family member has kind of walked through at least a decade just uh, with one foot in his own grave and so much of it is because he simply could not forgive himself for the the wrongdoing he had um, assessed that he had done wrong and and by most standards he had done wrong but that lack of forgiveness kept him in a continual state of punishment and then in that state and then due to um the resources available to him and his thinking uh, antidepressants were turned to and it created more distortion and more confusion and it's such a, an easy sounding key this forgiveness that would turn the door and completely transform and heal his experience but so impossible and you can see why it connects to the incarnational work that we're here to do but anyway, yeah, that's my that's my reply. Okay, good job, Gary. Um, I just had a couple little things to add. I guess um, a lot of this comes from the nuclear family. I think most of our catalyst comes from the nuclear family, at least in our early years, our formative years, where 
our uh, character is being built and the way that we're going to be is pretty well solidified. Uh, sometimes family members don't want to forgive because they want to keep a control over whoever it is that's asking the forgiveness. Um, as long as they have somebody that's indebted to them, then they've got some sort of a leverage that they can exercise over them in the future when they need something from them. And that's kind of a sad thing, but I, I've seen that happen in my friends' families, uh, a couple anyway. And it, uh, it, it becomes sometimes a lifelong situation where uh, people hold on to these painful memories that could not be or would not be forgiven by the person who had the power to do that. And it becomes a lifelong catalyst. And I, I guess it's possible that people could uh, program for such things before the incarnation that I'm going to be antagonistic and uh, adversarial t with you for quite a period of time, and then we're going to come together and we're going to heal it all. And hopefully the healing takes place. I really don't know, but uh, I have seen that used as a method of control, uh, mostly because people are still angry. They can't uh, forgive what's been done to them and again, all kinds of reasons for that. Maybe it's low self-esteem. Uh, maybe they don't uh, understand themselves well enough to know that they have that capacity to forgive. Maybe it's a, you know, a knee-jerk reaction that they stick with. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, people are so infinitely complicated by the uh, combination of catalysts that uh, it's, there's just so much going on. I think that's Ra also called the balancing process the untangling process. Hmm. And I think that's a good reason, a good illustration of the situation that many of us are in, trying to untangle the various threads of perhaps pre-incarnative choices and incarnative choices that have uh, kind of gotten tangled up. Okay, why don't we move on now? Uh, any final thoughts on that, by the way, before we go on? Um, actually, I do have a really quick thought. And... Uh, the idea of why somebody would not forgive. And I think a big one that we didn't touch on is this concept that somebody has to earn forgiveness. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that there is a very short quote that could maybe sum up the discussion there. And I don't remember what date it's from, but um, I copied it down. It is, uh, they say, it is the self-forgiven entity which forgives others, not because he has earned forgiveness, but because he is an entity. And there is no error which may take away that entity the truth of that entity's nature, a being of oneness with the Creator. And so uh, forgiveness, in that sense, isn't something that is earned. It is an automatic uh, uh, thing because they are simply a part of the Creator just like you, not because they have atoned for whatever action they did, but just because they are. Very good. And uh, I wanted to add quickly that your mention, Jim, of uh, holding on to unforgiveness as a mechanism of control is really salient um, because the negative polarity will, by definition, if they're pursuing that path, not forgive. And um, in that unforgiveness, they will wield the dynamics of the situation to be as maximally controlling as possible, which may include the concept of indebtedness, or you have done something wrong to me, now I have something over you, and uh, so forth. So that's really helpful because in contrast, it helps to see what forgiveness is upon the positive path. Good point. Okay, let's uh, now assume that forgiveness has been achieved. It's been asked for, 
and it's been granted, what is the value of forgiving to the one who is forgiven? Gostin? So the question is, you, like, you forgive somebody, what is the value to them for being forgiven? Yeah. Okay. I, I think that that is uh, the same thing that just simple love gives to somebody, but it's probably a more powerful thing for them to have done something that um, they feel they need forgiven for or that society feels they need forgiven for and that they maybe feel unworthy for forgiveness or um, feel like there's something fundamentally wrong about what they did and then they could receive forgiveness and maybe that forgiveness doesn't really impact them the way that it could. But I think it is offering a very potent and powerful opportunity for that person to realize love and to understand what it means to be loved um, by you, but essentially by the Creator through you is what would really be happening, is you are offering the universal love that is given to us, uh, that is essentially that which moves through us and uh, allows people to heal. And I think um, healing is a big aspect of forgiveness, and they could be very damaged inside by what they did. Uh, even if they don't know it, maybe they aren't even seeking forgiveness, but maybe they will come to a point in their lives where they will look back on what they did and realize that maybe they hurt somebody and feel unworthy, and the forgiveness that you offer them is the healing they need to understand their worthiness and then um, turn that worthiness outward and offer their own forgiveness and their own love to the world. Okay. Very good. Uh, Gary, how about you? What is the value of being forgiven? Yeah, uh, I think Austin really nailed a lot of it. I think forgiveness, first and foremost, can only be done by the self, for the self primarily. But for many living under the weight of a sense of wrongdoing whereby their own forgiveness is contingent upon the giving of forgiveness from the other self, then it could be the gift of a lifetime to free the other self from that pain by offering forgiveness. And I think redemption is the word that comes to mind. Uh, the self which lives in a state of unforgiveness may experience redemption, renewal, rebirth, thanks to the forgiveness offered to them. And I think of how many, many people on this planet must be living under that misery with a sense of wrongdoing un, in an unforgiven state and how simple forgiveness, as simple as the concept sounds, <clears throat> would lift that weight from their shoulders into a deeper, more authentic connection with true life, with who they really are. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that word redemption that you used is something that really is uh, powerful for me. Uh, since Carla passed away about three and a half years ago, I've uh, tried to go back to various friends or people that I knew years ago that I had wronged in some way, and I attempted to make it right by asking their forgiveness. And in each case... Uh, people were very surprised, for one thing, after you know, a number of years of me showing up asking for forgiveness. But in each case, it felt like there was a weight that was lifted from my shoulders. 
And I did feel redeemed. I felt like this was one of the best things I'd ever done, that it, it meant that my love that I felt in my own heart could now flow more freely because without the forgiveness, it was like there's a, it's like unfinished business blocking the completely free flow of love. And it was um, most redeeming. And um, I, th I think it's one of the, the better things I've done. And um, so I, I would recommend anybody who wants to have a weight lifted from their shoulders, think of somebody that you've wronged, that you haven't asked forgiveness. And you know, we all probably have a few of those in our past. When I started thinking about it, you know, my subconscious helped me out and brought me the, the names and the situations from uh, years past that needed rectifying. So uh, I recommend it for people if you'd like to get a little weight off your shoulders. Yeah, witnessing you, you've been like uh, doing the work post-incarnation before you leave this planet. <laughs> you've been really intensive about just um, talking to everybody you could. There was a, to add a quick personal anecdote from my own life, uh, one of my great regrets that I will go to the grave with that is, you know, from a metaphysical standpoint, I'm sure is part of my programming and life design and taught me lessons and my brother lessons. But um, growing up, I was just an asshole to my younger brother who you know, really looked up to me and uh, with whom I could have had a great relationship and could have been more of a protector and so forth. But I mean, it didn't define our whole relationship. We uh, had laughter too and good times, but um, I could be callous and cruel to him and um, I didn't really awaken to this until the spiritual path and becoming an adult which are both happened about the same time and realized oh my god who who was I how how was I possibly that person like if I met that person now the person I was then I don't think I would <laughs> I wouldn't like that person and I'd, I'd probably feel some anger towards that person how did I behave that way and, uh, you know, I've sought forgiveness from my brother, but he is such a naturally uh, forgiving guy as it is that his basic reply was blah, 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 whatever. We were kids that's, you know, um, seemed to have a real deep level of uh, understanding and letting it go, which part of me feels like surely it must run deeper than that. But at least that's that's a response he's given me. But even that alone was was helpful me oh yeah well our uh, next question is what is the value of forgiving being the forgiver austin um i think it is along the same lines of what we're here to do it is a central aspect of love Ra, oh, many times uh, when they're talking about the green ray and opening the heart, they include forgiveness in that qualification. So um, they say, like in 50.7, uh, when they're talking about the poker analogy, they say this is the game, to know, to accept, to forgive, to balance, and to open the self in love. And they say uh, acceptance of self, forgiveness of self, and the direction of the will. This is the path towards the disciplined personality. Um 
and there's several other times when just talking about opening the heart, they specifically mention forgiveness. So I think that it is a central aspect of our path. It is acknowledging that there are distortions here in our reality. It's acknowledging that there is pain, that there is this illusion, and it is fully, um, as long as it is done honestly, it is fully acknowledging that. And through all of that, finding the heart of love and sharing it. And I think that is um, essentially the spiritual path in third density is despite the illusion, finding love. And I think forgiveness is probably the best example of that. It's, you know, forgiveness, the way we see it happens when we see a wrongdoing. And um, obviously wrongdoing is an illusion. There can be no wrong in the creator, but we see and acknowledge that it appears that there is wrongdoing and that despite the fact that it seems like we shouldn't love through that wrongdoing, we do so anyways. And it's, um, not only is it advancing us on our spiritual path, but it's just a, a freeing and a, it's breaking ourselves of these illusions. Ra, in that same poker analogy, they talk about the melting influence of love. And when I think about love, melting is a very powerful sort of analogy for it. It's like um, these hardened strictures, these cold, icy walls that were separating us just sort of like very smoothly fall away. And uh, like things are clearer and it's just more comfortable. Things outside may not have changed a whole lot and it might still be uncomfortable outside, but inside there's this peace now that um, things have melted and... uh, I think that is the value of forgiving, is finding that that peace. Well said, well said. Well, just about the only thing I've got to add to that is, um, I guess the analogy I would make for myself is that when there's uh, a lack of forgiveness on my part, I'm kind of like holding the, the love in the heart in a knot. And once forgiveness has been uh, granted, then it's like untying the knot, and the love can then flow out more freely. Uh, I think that uh, there are so many little things that we hold on to throughout our lives, um, blaming this or that person or quality, or, and we, we tie our love in little knots. And until we can get all those knots untied, uh, then the heart is still closed. And once we can begin to untie all those little knots with this or that person or situation or with ourselves, uh, you know, for myself, uh, most of my life, I was uh, angry at myself and uh, didn't love myself. Uh, And I let that show quite clearly when I would uh, break a a tool or something I was working with because I got angry with it. Uh, That lack of compassion, though, eventually uh, helped me to learn to love myself. And uh, then the energy flowed much, much more freely and was available for uh, other uh, targets of opportunity to love. All of a sudden, the world became something to love, and I wasn't so separated from it because I wasn't separated from myself anymore. So I think a lot of us have that as well. It's, uh, you know, the self-acceptance uh, is something that so many people live with. And I think probably some of the people who are living with that are what we might call uh, Uh, neophyte adepts, because the worthiness uh, factor is in the indigo ray. That was what Carla was working with, 
was that lack of self-worth that Ra continually talked about that made her wish to be a martyr uh, because in com- combination with her heart energy that was wide open, wanted to serve at every opportunity, um, the lack of self-worth uh, made her really want to push as hard as possible to be of service and to give all she had, maybe even more than she should, as far as the raw contact was concerned. So I think the people who have uh, a lack of uh, self-esteem may be on the verge of um, opening the indigo ray and moving into that area of beingness, of the magical personality, of the higher self, of the uh, form-maker body, and all that work. So folks, if you're out there thinking these things about yourself that you're just not worthy um, don't don't uh, put yourself down too much. Work on that a little bit and see what happens. You know, there might be a, a great explosion of energy and uh, excitement for you as well. Okay, any final comments on any of our questions or thoughts? I don't think Gary got to answer that last question. Oh, he didn't? Did I not ask you that? Uh, yes, Austin, then uh, replied yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Well, uh, let us hear what you have to say. My goodness, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me, please? I didn't mean to forget you. (laughs) I know. I didn't didn't feel slighted. I just did it so we could have some real forgiveness going on in the show, okay? (laughs) This is live, folks. Yeah. So, Gary, let us know. What do you think about This is how it works. Um, Yeah, I really resonated with what Austin said about the icy walls and then what you said about the knot. I feel both of those in my own experience because I have a lifetime dance with um, anger and the anger that leads to separation and um, it is it's a holding on it's it's an unconscious holding on to the past and it creates a sort of uh, little small prison that one lives inside mentally and uh, it creates its own torment and when those walls can be melted or or disassembled, or when that knot can be undone, then, um, as you said earlier, Jim, love flows. And then, as you said, Austin, there's peace. Um, And ultimately, that's what we're all stumblingly seeking, is that peace and inner equanimity. And forgiveness is the door (laughs) that... uh, needs walkthrough that undoes that illusion. And uh, also in terms of what is the value of forgiving, I think when, when one is forgiving, they are reintegrating the whole self. Because the truth of the law of one and all you know, mystical teachings is that you are all things. Um, you aren't just this shell, not just this incarnation with this particular set of personality you include as Ross says right at the beginning you are everything every emotion every person every situation so on and so forth so um, each aspect of that infinite creation which is condemned or unloved um, that is then forgiven is brought back into the heart and it restores the self to its birthright and true nature and um, also, I think back to the untying of the knot, it's uh, personal freedom comes with forgiveness as well. You're not chained to or enslaved by this past conditioning that keeps you locked in these um, repetitive loops. And in that freedom, uh, you're free to be a vessel for, for love itself. Well said. Well said. All right. Now for final comments. (laughs) (laughs) None from me. Thank you. 
Uh, that's it for me. All right. Well, you've been listening to LNO Researchers' bi-weekly podcast, In the Now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting this podcast with your questions. If you'd like to hear us ramble on about a particular topic, please read the instructions on our page at lrresearch.org forward slash podcast. New episodes are published to the archive website every other Wednesday afternoon Eastern Time. Folks, it is such a joy to be with you, to have you here with us. We can feel your love. As you go out into the world, share that love with everyone else. And when you have a chance to forgive, please do it. Forgiveness and love are keys to the fourth density. Have a wonderful couple of weeks. We'll talk with you then.